0: Now let's get into this week's show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. Sorry, I did not have an episode for you last week. I was on a property down in South Georgia doing some consulting with Whitetail Partners, and uh, man, there was zero cell phone service, like no cell phone service whatsoever, and um, I had to stand in a specific spot up, up at the cabin to even have cell service, so there was definitely not a chance of me recording, much less uploading any kind of episode for the week. So, sorry I missed you, but I've got a good one for you today. Well, I don't know about a good one, Pierce. We, <laughs> we got one for you, and uh, yeah, we've got content flowing your way, at least. So, uh, I don't know how good of a one it'll be, because you and I are it'll both, good. You and I are both under the weather. It's going to be outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. You and I are both under the weather. Um, You've got COVID. I don't know what I've got, but neither one of us are feeling good. Neither one of us are sounding too good. No. Uh, Both of us are sniffling. We're we're taking turns muting our mics so that we can blow our nose. Uh, (laughs) We're sneezing. We're coughing. We're doing all the things, man. Not to mention, we're we're both feeling a little grumpy. Uh, At least I am. I know I was feeling grumpy. We just got done recording a Wisconsin Sportsman episode, and that one's going to air uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day that it drops or the day that it launches the coming Tuesday, you should go listen to that episode of the Wisconsin sportsman. Cause I'm feeling a little cantankerous. Uh, and we, we talk about some controversy, which I think is good. Yep. I think it's good to hit those topics from time to time. Yeah. Um, and Women's we posed, suffrage
1: gun control. It was, uh, right. Was yeah. A <laughs> yeah. The big
0: time topics. Right. And so, uh, you know what? I'd really be interested in, to hear your opinion so if you can go listen to those um and let me know what you think there's a big question that we ask at the end where we're trying to get listener feedback because we would love to continue that conversation so go give that one a listen uh reach out to us on instagram at the wisconsin sportsman pod or uh, at how to hunt deer so that we can hear your feedback on uh, on that one but pierce for this one we're talking late season all right it is december 13th when we're doing when we're recording this like if this ain't late season i don't know what late season is even the guys that are like no no it's not late season yet it's second rut like we're gonna we're hunting the second rut like even those guys now you got to be like nah shut up like you're done you're done it's late this is late season this is this we are in it so pierce are you going to be doing much hunting in the late season do you have a tag left over mr pierce
1: yeah i do unfortunately yep I've got a buck tag left over. Uh, I've got a handful of doe tags uh, left over. I filled one last weekend uh, or this past Friday uh, during the Wisconsin four day antlerless hunt. Um, But yeah, I'm still, still sitting on a buck tag. So I'm going to try and get that thing filled uh, hopefully before the end of the year. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Pierce. I've got, uh, I have 12 tags here in Georgia.
1: And you've (laughs) got a rut coming up. (laughs) I have
0: have two buck tags left to fill in Georgia. I have 10 doe tags left to fill in Georgia. I have three buck tags in Alabama left to fill. So we got some things to do down here. Um, Yes, sir. It's getting down to crunch time, though, man. It's mid-December, and I really haven't been getting out at all down here. Um, But I did a thing, and I bought an e-bike. Yes, sir. And that's about to change the game for me. Uh, so let me, let me talk to you about the bike just a little bit before, before we get into it. Um, I'm not super happy with the battery life of the bike. I'm also not super disappointed in it either. Like I kind of get it, you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things like, ah, I wish it was more, maybe if I could have paid a little more, I could have gotten a better battery on another model, but man, for the most part, I've got over 40 miles on this bike so far after doing the consult and, uh, yeah. I'm digging it. I'm digging it, man. It's, it's tough. It can go a lot of places. It can go through. Really? Yeah. it can go through deeper water than I anticipated. It can ride to got a pedal thing,
1: but it's got like the electric assist, right? Or Uh, you just hop on.
0: It's got electric assist for the pedaling, but then it's also just got a throttle where whenever you want to, you just press, you just press the throttle and go, uh, which I was doing a lot of on this console. You know what I mean? Like I, I was doing some pedal assist if I wanted to try to save the battery or, you know, whatever the case may be. But quite often, I was just hopping on and like pedal to the metal, just like zipping on to the next place at you know twenty. I think the top rank, top end is like twenty point eight miles per hour or something like that. Is what it gets. That's pretty to. solid. That's pretty fast. That is that is moving. Yeah, dude, it's so quiet. Like I drove up on turkeys multiple times. Uh, really? Yeah, I drove up on hogs multiple times. Uh, I never drove up on any deer. And a lot of that could be just because I don't think this property has a ton of deer. Like it just not yet. They, yeah. Not yet. It's about to, <laughs> they're, uh, they're going to put them there. If they ain't there, if you catch my drift. Yep. Um, so there will be deer there, but, um, anyway, yeah, dude, e-bike, I think is going to change the game for, for late season hunting down here, man. Uh, the local public down the street is closed for the year. So you can't hunt it but yep. i do have a lease here that's about 2000 acres that now i feel like i can really get out and explore that a lot better i've been really limited because the road is so rough on this lease that i just can't get to a lot of it with my with my vehicle um so yeah anyway but Pierce, let's you talk uh, out a
1: game cart or anything to pull behind that bike
0: oh yeah dude i'm going to have a little <laughs> uh, i'm going to get one of the game carts and i'm going to haul my kid on it So when it's time to go hunting with a kid, uh, either my son or my daughter, I usually take them one at a time. I don't do both at the same time, right? That's just a little, that's a little much, you know, trying to keep up with two. Um, but what I'm going to do is, is basically haul them in the trailer, you know, behind me, try to be as careful as possible, not throw them out, uh, kind of thing. So, but Pierce, I got a lot of hunting left, man. You've got a lot of hunting left. So let, let me hear, What's your what's your strategy and outlook going to be when it comes to to hunting the late season? There, I know you've got some bucks you've had your eye on, so you're in a different yeah. position than me. I'm starting over for late season. I don't know what's going on out here, yeah. uh, except for the backyard buck, which we'll see if he gets an arrow. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you you've got you've got intel that you're working on, man. So what's that going to look like for you?
1: I'm. Thinking as of right now, it's going to be, I mean, all right, here's the strategy. I'm going to, I'm going to find what food they're on and uh, I'm going to see what trails they're, they're entering that food on and I'm going to sit on them. That's it. It's got to be the plan. There's got to be more than that,
0: Pierce. Listen, there are 38,000 podcasts out there about late season hunting and a lot of people get into a lot of detail, Pierce. You've got to have a more complicated strategy. I feel like, like it's got to be, it's
1: got to be harder. I do, I do. So what I think I'm <laughs> going to end up doing here, I haven't. <laughs> oh,
0: do you really? I thought you were going to be like, no, it's that easy. I was gonna be like, cool, man, <laughs> no, let's rock with
1: it. No, dude, I just got to touch on one more time. Like back in the day, like probably ten years ago, when Wisconsin's uh, holiday hunt in late December was not antlerless only. What a time! to be alive. Holy smokes, man. That was unreal. Um, I used to, dude, I would hit the ground running so hard. Like I would get off the bus, like in, you know, eighth grade or like early high school or something, get off the bus, run inside, grab my stuff, grab my rifle and, you know, head out looking for, uh, you know, trying to catch the deer going from bedding up into the, uh, the field and stuff and trying to intercept them and figure out where they're going to enter and all that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this late season cause I haven't hunted late season that often or really that much aside from like just doe hunts uh, the past couple of years with my rifle. So this year I'm going to be doing uh, some late season bow hunting. It's, it's definitely warm enough this year that it's going to be fairly comfortable. I think um, which may or may not bode well for deer movement and deer entering the fields you know in daylight and stuff but um i'm excited because it's kind of it, it feels fresh like it feels kind of adventurous it feels like doing something new but also kind of that familiar feeling of like being young and like trying to race out to the fields and like waiting you know till playing that game where it's like okay like last lights at this time and like okay, like I need to be here and like the deer need to be like, you know, just watching the clock as it like just takes closer and closer and closer to shooting light. And, uh, you know, like just praying that those deer were going to, you know, creep out into the field or creep past your stand or whatever it may be like before it got too dark. Um, so this year I've got, I've got a little bit better strategy. I, I think, I don't know if you can call it much of a strategy, but basically, um, you know, it's going to be trying to figure out what that food to bed pattern is. Right. Kind of like early season. So I'm, you know, this time of year, all the corns down uh, for the most part. And so I'm looking for what is that main food source going into, you know, the late season, where do the deer, you know, keying in on, Um, you know, which corner of the field, you know, a lot of times, like we've, you know, uh, a lot of people know this, but like, I, I like, that lower inside corner of the field, right? It's had all the thermal draw from the fields, pulling down those deer feel safe. They can smell everything that's up in the field or, you know, above them and stuff. They can go in there real, you know, kind of slowly and methodically work their way out into the field as it gets darker and darker. Um, and so I'm really just kind of trying to figure out, okay, where's bedding in relation to these food sources, where are the doughs at right now. Um, and then more importantly, where's the bucks at, where are they, where are they bedding? And that, is kind of the, kind of the catch for me right now. Um, I haven't touched the public that I've been hunt- or that I was hunting during the rut uh, really at all. I threw a trail cam out there in uh, on some islands um, a week ago that I have yet to go out and check. Uh, but it's kind of a, a unique scenario where they, there's a ton of deer sign out there and it's basically a, a cornfield railroad tracks, a little strip of timber, and then a you know little marshy section, and then it's nothing but islands. And this year, with it being so dry, uh, a lot of deer have been using those islands. I think, okay. um, at least judging by the sign, there's been a ton out there. And so, I'm kind of trying to figure out, okay, where are they accessing that field from? And like, are they bedding right off of the food? Like, are they not even on the islands anymore? Because um, you know, during the rut, there was a ton of sign out there, like tracks, scrapes, rubs. Everything you could want as a deer hunter. It was heavy, like just hot and heavy out there. Now, it's still there, but it's significantly less. Now, granted, we obviously went through the rut. We've gone through our Wisconsin rifle season and then also our muzzleloader season just wrapped up. And now we are in the aftermath of another antlerless season. So right now I'm just trying to gather as much intel as I can. Um, I'm going to be trying to hopefully put a little windshield time on to figure out when and where they're entering the food source off of these islands right. um, and if they're doing so in daylight what I'm really looking for right now is kind of similar to earlier se- early season a big temp drop that's yeah. what I'm after at this point is just I need something because it's right now I'm looking out the window it's like bluebird skies super sunny and I think it's like a low of shoot like for a high of like 42, like pretty comfortable for these deer. Like it's not terrible. We haven't had any real like significant precipitation this year, gotten a little bit of snow here and there, but nothing that's really like driven them to have to go out and look for food. Um, So that's been kind of tough is just pinpointing exactly where they're at. And that's where it comes into play of figuring out what food source are they using and what are they eating when they're not on that food source during the day? Right, but as of right now, you know the weather hasn't really forced them into survival mode yet. Um,
0: so, what are yet. are the are you banking? You know, specifically um, specifically on the uh, ag fields at this point, or are there other food sources that are coming into play for you? Or are you kind of like starting at the ag and then working your way back in? Like, what what does that look like? What are what are the food sources that you're keying in on?
1: I'm trying to start at the ag and work my way back right now. Okay. Um, Just simply because seeing, spotting deer out in an ag field is significantly easier than going into a property, busting brush, trying to figure out, okay, they're bedded in here and they're, you know, eating, you know, this thick woody browse and stuff like that. Um, And like I said, I haven't, I haven't set foot on either of the public properties that I was uh, really hitting hard this year yet. Um, aside from that one evening where I hung the camera and, you know, did a quick sit. Uh, so I, I you know, I got my, my work cut out for me. Hopefully if I'm feeling a little bit better here in the next couple of days, I'll go out there and get some boots on the ground and kind of figure out what the fresh sign looks like now. Um, you know, post all those gun seasons and, uh, kind of go from there. But what I'm really looking for is, okay. you know, Right now, south facing slopes, Right that's especially as, as the temps continue to drop, I'm going to be keying in on South facing slopes that have a ton of just junk on them. Like I want something that's super thick, super gnarly. And that's going to make those deer feel secure during the day after they've been pushed around by hunters for the last couple of months here. Right. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I said, like I wish I'd gotten boots on the ground you know, ahead of time and, you know, had more specific examples to, to use right now. But what what I've got kind of in mind at the moment is just, there's a a super thick bedding area. Um, on one of these public pieces, that's basically like straight up kind of a bluff on a bluff edge, more or less. Um, that just has, it's nothing but brambles, tall grass. And then there's some, I'm not exactly sure what the what the shrub sort of is but it's you know some sort of a woody browse where they can get in there they can hunker down catch you know some sunlight still but you know they're secluded from the wind they're secluded from predators uh, and they can still munch on stuff during the day when they need to
0: hey guys just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the how to hunt deer podcast is brought to you by tacticam makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with a 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with a 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com, share your hunt, With Tacticam What was it I guess it was last year Um, Some of those South facing slopes Even down here in Georgia Where I'm at uh, I went out was driving around On a property Dude it was like Every south facing slope That had short Pine regeneration on it So you're You know Five six foot tall Pine trees That have been replanted You know for For like a pine plantation Kind of thing All of those I'd stop in glass And they had deer in them They were holding deer. So it was like anywhere that didn't have a crowded overstory, you know, where a lot of sun was getting to the ground and it was a south-facing slope, but it also had like that thick brushy, like you said, like briars and, you know, tall different species of, you know, blue stem grasses and that kind of stuff. Mixed in with the pines, dude, it was like, it was just full of deer, like absolutely full of deer. So I can't overstate that point enough. Is there any specific late season food that you've found to be like, a dynamite draw just in your experience of late season hunting or because it's it's really different for us down here because it really is a browse game a lot of times or a food plot right. game a lot of times um and then we also have if you go further south we have some acorn or some oak trees that will still be dropping into december january depending on the species a little bit right. different up there where you're at yeah
1: yeah yeah. So I'm, like I said, I'm keen in on the ag right now. And so I think if I can find a corn field or a bean field, uh, things that are, are probably going to be doing pretty well. Um, I lean towards corn over beans. I think just, I, 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 think they, they seem to gravitate towards it a little bit more. Um, but also, you know, on the property that I hunt, the, the private that I hunt just off of our, our field edge, it was planted in beans, right along the edges and then in the center it was all corn. So yeah, I've, I've seen, you know, the deer, the turkeys, you know, you name it, um, Pnn on both. But right now it seems like they're, it seems like they're on beans at the moment, but they're like very quickly, I think going to transition to corn as things like if we get any sort of precipitation, any snowfall or anything like that, I think they're going to be on corn right away. Just cause I think, I think it's easier for them to find, in you know in precipitation because there's still you know chunks of a of a cob left you know that got missed by the combine and stuff like that they can dig through it a little bit easier i think they can pick up a whole you know half cob of corn and they can you know knock kernels off and stuff like that whereas the beans you know you're it it's one thing if the the ground's bare right and you can pick out you know individual soybeans and individual uh you know you know pods and stuff like that but I think the corn offers just a little bit more bang for the buck. Um I've seen this <laughs> it? Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Not so- to mention both, you know, all the deer that I've gotten this year. They've had uh, I've had a, a hell of a rifle season this year, just in you know with the buck that I shot, and then also, um, well, the the antlerless deer that I shot, uh, <laughs> um, last week, both of them, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I need to hit the range bad, but, uh, you know, both of them, I hit them kind of like low, low ribs, not quite a brisket shot, but like low ribs. And each of them, well, I told the, the story you know, on the Wisconsin sportsman of my buck. I thought I smoked him. Um, as I was trailing him, I found like relatively like pretty dark red blood, with bloody chunks of corn for like 200 yards. And I was like, where that, like, I I didn't think I gut shot him. What the hell happened? Like, I, 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 I don't understand. Like I thought I was dead on right behind the shoulder. That buck, I ended up tracking him 200 yards, probably like 200, 250 or so. He was still alive. I ended up shooting him, got up to him or shooting him a second time, took him out, got up to him the second time or, you know, finally, and realized my first shot blew through his front shoulder. And, and we were discussing it on the Wisconsin sportsman. Now we're not sure if it hit trachea or if it was like one of the, uh, you know, the, the chambers of the deer's stomach or something that, that caused things to, uh, you know, just that caused that those bloody chunks of corn or what exactly. Right. But the, the, <coughs> excuse me, antlerous deer that I shot, uh, well, the number that I shot uh, <laughs> last Friday. We'll call a spade a um, spade. Exactly. Hit him in the same spot, uh, or not in the, in the in the shoulder, but hit him like low uh, ribs, like I said. And he also there were like two or three little bloody chunks of corn, and I was like, "What the hell?" But all that to say, both of them had a lot of corn in their stomachs. Right. Which leads me to believe they're keen on corn over beans at this time. Right,
0: right. And that's that's what I've seen too, man. Unless a bean field is standing, it seems. You know, yep. if you've got standing beans left, and like, duh, no brainer, it's up above the snow. But once that snow starts, it's like, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Honestly, once, like the bean fields that I've hunted up in Wisconsin and whatnot, after they're picked, like, two or three days, it just seems like the use goes, yeah, and, and oh, by yeah. late season, there's like nothing going on there, you know. And it really is the cornfields around that that are going to have something going on anyway. So
1: I think there's so much more waste with the the harvesting method of of the corn. Right. I think the the the, the, com- the way the combines pick beans, I think it, it leaves a lot less behind. But corn, it's like you always see a handful of piles where stuff got you know dumped or missed when they were transferring trucks or whatever it may be.
0: Right. Right. Dude, <laughs> I saw uh i guess it was on my way home from from wisconsin this year it looked like somebody dumped a car sized pile of corn and it was right next to an 18 wheeler that they were obviously loading out in the middle of this field i was like dang somebody's gonna be pissed (laughs) somebody just lost a lot of corn so i don't know if they'll go scoop that up or not but like Dude, it was a ton of it out just laying big giant
1: piles. Either scoop it up or hunt it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Scoop it up or hunt hunt it. Pick one or the other. All right. So let's talk about um, you know, your standards for for late season. I mean, you had beads actually, on bugs. What's that?
1: Actually, let me ask you this, because yeah. you're the you're the habitat consultant. What mm-hmm. do you see as uh, you know, best for late season food sources? If you're a private guy, is it, you know brassicas and stuff like that or is it you know woody brows what are your what are your thoughts on it
0: depends on where you're at if you can do anything 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 i would say grow you a bunch of beans in the summer put a an electric fence around those beans and keep that electric fence up until december 15th and then take that fence down and get ready like Get ready, because here they come. You know, it's right. gonna be wild. So even with snow, you're gonna have the standing beans. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, I think any kind of standing grain can be good. You go. You got corn. Corn still out there standing. I think you got uh, sorghum out there standing. It doesn't matter what. Some kind of grain out there standing. I think you're gonna do really really well. I think brassicas are a great uh, option that this time of year. If you're up north, if you're down here, we don't see our brassicas getting hit until post season. We're talking like mid to late February and into March. Mm -hmm. Uh, That tends to be when we get our nastier weather. Like if it's going to snow down here, it's probably going to snow in March or February kind of with these weird fronts that, that blow through that time of year. But uh, you know, those are, those are big time food sources for us being even further South. We're keying in on acorns. Um, We're also keying back in on our feeders. So whereas earlier in the year, you know, those feeders get pressured pretty quickly even on other properties that aren't yours, deer begin to associate bait piles and that kind of thing with um, with danger. So they back way off of them. And okay. whatever you think about feeding uh, or baiting, not you specifically, Pierce, but, but people who are listening, whatever you mm-hmm. think about it, um, there's a reason people still bait. And it's it's not because it never works, right? Like it, it's it's because sometimes it does. And so this yeah. is a good time of year as you get later in the season those deer really start to come back to them. You'll find bucks beginning to visit them in daylight more and more. Um, you know, right at the tail end of the rut here where I'm at in Georgia, you start to see those bucks hit the feeders kind of late in the evening, like just checking does. They're not really there to eat. Then you get later right. in the season post-rut. They're coming back to those feeders trying to, trying to fill up again. So lots of different food options. Another thing that is huge here for us is like briars and brambles. If you've got an area with just briars and brambles all over the place, They'll be hitting that natural forage really, really hard. Another one for us that I don't really see deer eating until the late season is yapon Holly. If you've got a place where there's a ton of this holly bush everywhere, they're not going to touch it much at all. If you've got a place where there's only select spots of it and there's not really anything better to eat, then they will eat it a bit. Uh, and that's just kind of a when there's nothing else around to eat. They'll, they'll sure. start eating on that stuff. So, uh, yeah, lots of different things, lots and lots of different things preferred though i will i will be leaning on my food plots that's got it. that's where i want to be i want to have the deer in my food plots whether that be with standing beans or uh you know brass if i'm further up north down here my clovers and that kind of thing are going to be uh, you know pulling heavy duty right now
1: right totally. i like that i like that strategy with the the fenced off soybeans man uh, i feel like you don't see that nearly as, as often as you should i feel like every you know the the food plot mix you see it like I guess I don't know if you have, I'll pull from the, from Wisconsin here. If you know, you go to farm and fleet and you've got, uh, you know, the food or food plot mixes and stuff there, it's all brassicas, turnips, you know, winter wheat and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas you, know, you don't see often here, plant some soybeans out there. What the hell? Like yeah, it makes perfect sense. Cause that, you know, something that gets it, like you said, up above all that snow, right. That they can just pick off. that's, I like that
0: a lot. Right. And you've got that, you've got that, you know, fence protecting those beans all year long, you know, so you're mm-hmm. going to have plenty of pods when, whenever you turn it off. Right. Then, when you decide to open it up or turn it off, you can open it up in one section. So if you're bow hunting, uh, yeah. <laughs> if and, and there are probably some guys listening to this that are just like, this is dumb. This is stupid. like, I get it <laughs> fine. Like, but when it comes to consulting, we're manipulating deer movement. Like that is what right. we're trying to do. We're not trying to say like, oh, let's figure out if we can make deer be on the property. Like, no, I want deer in a 25 yard circle. Right, I, I need them to be right here for the client. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's what we do, man.
1: I like it, but I like that a lot. Yeah. dude. that just on the note of like deer manipulation and stuff like that, some of the stuff that you've like tipped me off to about like using like snow fence and stuff like that to just like create a <laughs> random little barrier. I'm like. <laughs> why the hell haven't I thought of that before? That's genius.
0: Yeah, and it's it's oftentimes little things, and that's what I, I try to tell clients too that I'm working with. It's like, sorry, I had to cough there. Um, you know, be like, okay, so what are we going to do to force them to come over here? It's like, we're not going to do anything to force them to come over here. Mm-hmm. We can't We can't make the deer do what we want them to do, but we can make this the easiest place for them to walk through Right. And we can make this the best location to eat and we can make this the best location to feed, but I can't make them do any of it. So right. it's, it is manipulation. It's an, it's an inexact science. There's a lot of art to it as well. Um, but it's just, it's, it's more like encouraging deer. You know, we're, we're trying to, to tip the odds in our favor, right? Like yeah. if we've got a food plot here and there's a 20% chance that that buck comes in range, what can I do to take that 20% chance to 40 Or 60, you know, and if that's, uh, you know, having fenced in soybeans for most of the year, wonderful, yeah, absolutely wonderful, you know? Um, so anyways, well, man, late season, I think it's a lot of fun. I think one area where I am a little bit different than you, yeah, I've got some late season hunting coming as in like, it's going to be chillier than normal and Mm -hmm. it's going to be, uh, you know, in December, but it's still pre-rut hunting for me, uh, where I'm going to be hunting next week. So yeah, we're going to be over in Alabama, uh, hopefully fill in some doe tags with the kids at least. Maybe I get a buck on the ground. My dad's already shot a good buck on the property this year, so he's good to go. Um, and yeah, man, so we're waiting for our rut. I mean, our, our rut, like February 1st through 10th is kind of go time for us. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that is our November 1st through 10th kind of. And, uh, so yeah, man. So we're we're still hunting a pre, we're hunting li- a late season pre rut pattern, sure. Whatever that means and looks like. So,
1: I was gonna say, what does that look like? Is it is it keen on food, but yeah. also yeah, like travel corridors to food. Yeah, right.
0: it's it's food and travel corridor to and from food. <clears throat> um, okay. And we'll we'll get in tight to bedding. Like several of our food plots are, I mean, thirty yards off the edge of bedding. 20 Mm -hmm. yards off the edge of bedding and you know, by design, we've got them right there, butting up to the thickest, nastiest stuff that we have. Sure. So that the deer are hitting the fields in daylight. Um, but we'll see, man, we got a lot of hunting left to do. Um, but yeah, late season, I feel like it's one of those things. We really can't overcomplicate it, but look for the food, look for the deer can bed and be warm and safe. And then get in between those things. Look how they're getting between them. And uh, yeah, you're probably going to do okay. Yeah. You know, but I, I will. Access
1: is, I mean, it's, yeah, that's Access is key. And it's also one of the most difficult times of year to do it. <clears right. <clears <throat> Especially because they're yep. in such thick stuff. And a lot of times they are so close to food. It's kind of like, okay, how do you want to plan your, your attack? Because, you know, walking in through a field isn't. Really, your best bet, but also you don't want to be coming up straight underneath them while they're already bedded, right? And right, bump them out of there. So
0: yeah, it's a it's a hard time of <clears throat> year to access. It's less so for us down here where where we're hunting. Mm-hmm. Still thick, still nasty, still have short pines, that kind of thing. right We can kind of travel through. Up north, man, where it's wide open hardwoods and ag fields, like you guys have a heck of a time getting on a yeah. getting on a field in the afternoon or even in the. I mean anything's hard morning afternoon doesn't matter but yeah pay pay very close attention to your access get creative come in different ways than other people have maybe come in before maybe knock on some doors mm-hmm. of the neighbors and say hey can i cut through your field can i come in you know through your woods i'm not going to hunt not bow hunting your place or whatever can i but can i access through your ground and right. um you know that may be a good end for you i mean maybe they're hunters too but maybe they're tagged out and done so like yeah sure whatever yeah um You know, I feel like getting creative with access at this time of year is very, very important. Um, I do think you can probably get away with bumping a buck a time or two right now. Mm -hmm. Um, if you find the hot food source and if you find the good betting, because where else are they going to go? You know, like, like it's so limited right now. Um, if you're on the hot food source and if you're on the, if you're in the, the good betting. um. There's not a lot of other options. So, Pierce, right. let, me, let me ask you this. <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit on the Wisconsin Sportsman. Early season, we're often targeting specific mature bucks alone and off to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the last question I'm going to throw your way. They're alone and off to themselves. Does that change for you late season? Or are you still looking for that buck to be secluded, off by himself, doing his own thing?
1: I think when it comes to hunting food sources, a lot of times this is the time of year that I see those bucks with does more often than not. I've seen not just one, but multiple, you know, of my, my, you know, quote unquote, you know, whether they're target bucks or just better bucks on the property, Mm -hmm. late seasons, a lot of times when I see those deer in, you know, all at, at once with those does. Right. And so I think it comes down to, you know, it it might not be the best time to to bed hunt, you know. One of those bucks, right. you could just lean on. Okay, I'm going to set in. You know, I I know that this is where they're entering the the food source. I'm going to set off. You know, set down the trail fifty yards, eighty yards, hundred yards, something like that, and try and catch that buck before he's fully entered the uh, the food source. But honestly, man, a lot of times I've seen it. You can get a buzzer beater shot at a deer. You know even if you're just 40 yards back like i don't right. think you need to be way way back in there and a lot of times i think you do more harm than good by trying to press way back into betting because yeah. i'm you <clears throat> obviously it depends you know like you said if you're down south where you've got a lot more um <clears throat> excuse me uh you know <clears throat> This is what we get for recording when we're sick, man. That's right. Yeah, dude. We
0: should've we should have just <clears> called it off. But hey, it, it was it was today or never kind of thing.
1: Right. So, um, um so I think like if you're down south where you know you've got more more cover to work right. with. Right. And the deer have more options where they can, okay, like we busted them out of this bedding, they're gonna shift over to this way. Cause I was in my my conversation with Jacob Sklenner on the Wisconsin sportsman. We were talking about the difference between marshland and, uh, you know, hill country and how when it comes to hill country, if you're bumping a buck out of their bed. Whether it's early season or late season, late season's you know, amplified because there's even less cover than there already was, you know, that buck might relocate a long, long ways. Because he needs to find somewhere safe to live right, right? in a marsh. OK, they might bump, you know, they, they might relocate. 50 yards, 80 yards, but they, they've got so many other, you know, situations in the marsh where, okay, like, yeah, I was bed underneath this, you know, lone tree in the middle of the in the swamp, but, you know, kicked them out of there and, you know, they take off, they set up, you know, in some, some dogwood or something like that, or they, they find another tree that they can, uh, you know, bed down in that, that suits their needs just fine. But I think in hill country, right. there's so Few, you know, they're they're just they're 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 limited in what what bedding areas offer everything that they need from the standpoint of okay, I've got food nearby, I've got cover around me, you know, hopefully it's a south-facing slope, so when it gets cold, I can you know the deer can stay warm and at the same time, like have a wind advantage. Right. With that, right. now it it's kind of a toss up though too because there's there's fewer bedding areas for them to relocate to. So they kind of lean on one a little bit heavier, Uh but also there's fewer food in the area for them to, so that that regardless they have to, you know, they have to go where the food is or else they're going to die. Right. Right. So I think, like you said, you, you can get away with a little bit more Uh and, you know, maybe you bump a buck, you know, off of a food source, but I would much rather bump them off of food than bump them off of bedding.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, you can get away with more, like you're saying, I think on a food source bumping that buck. I think you can get away with a lot less when it comes to your access for getting in and out clean. Uh, and I do think there's a limit, even when you are getting away, like if you bump him on the food source, there's a limit to that. Don't think you can just go in there like, well, he's got to come out here and eat in the day. (laughs) Like, No, he doesn't like that dude can move a mile down the road if he needs to if you bump him three days in a row, he probably will. Right. Don't do it multiple times, but,
1: and that's, what's tough in ag country too, is because so often you've got property boundaries or what, you know, even because there's even some public that they, they lease out to, you know, farmers to to plant crops on and stuff. Right. Some of these ag fields are massive, right? right? And so it's, it's not guaranteed that, okay, they're going to enter this corner of the field all the time. If you bump them out of there, they might, You know, decide, okay, we're still going to key in on this field, but we're going to do it 400 yards, you know, down the field edge and enter over there off of this property, you know, off of, off of your property where you can't access those deer. Right. I've seen that late season a ton. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. and And it seems like this time of year, if you've bumped them, if they make that shift, it's not just like one or two deer that make the shift. It's like they all... Decide. Oh yeah they, yeah. they have collectively decided that this is all 30 of us are going down here today.
1: Right. You know, I, I think this time of year is when they're of the most herd mentality that they will be in a 12 month period. Right. Right. Like, this is the too. time of year that they're all grouped up bucks, does funds doesn't matter. Everyone's together because everyone's got to eat. Right. For sure. For sure.
0: Well, Pierce man, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate it folks. If you are Uh, still with a tag in your pocket, good luck. Go out there, find what they're eating, find where they're bedding, get in between. Don't be stupid, though. Don't be dumb when you're walking in there. Uh, Use the binos. Use the binos. Go slow. Do some glassing. uh, And use the vehicle, too, man. It's a good time of year to find deer in the fields and then try to make a play on them uh, over the next couple of days. You know, it's it's a good time to, you know, you have a cold front blow through or something like that. And you figure, okay, I've got two, three days. Like it's a good time to take that chunk of time and like, okay, I'm going to get after this buck for the next two or three days. How can I make plays on him? You don't have to swing for the fences on day one. He's probably going to do the same thing. You know, if he's in an ag field at four 30 in the afternoon or four in the afternoon, he'll probably be there again tomorrow and the next yep. day. Right. You may not have Absolutely. longer than that, but you may have two or three days.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, that, I think you just hit it on the head there. It's, you know, you've got to constantly be checking, okay, where, like what is the hot food source right, right now? Right. Is it, you know, the certain field or is it, you know, one that's three quarters of a mile down the road? Yep. Who knows? Yep. But yeah, like you said, cold fronts, any sort of precipitation, I'm getting my butt in the woods. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Cool. Thanks for coming on Pierce. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at How to Hunt Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me, suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx.